and welcome to the Corner 3. We're posted up and spotted up in our living rooms around the Metroplex and even around the country talking all things Dallas Mavericks basketball on and off the floor. My name is Bobby Corella. Joining me to uh, camera left and your right or whatever, all the way from Kentucky, Isaac Harris. Isaac, what's up? Man, I'm joining uh, from the great state of Kentucky where we had a lot of uh, bourbon here and uh, okay. horse racing. And basketball. That's pretty much it. And bluegrass. Okay. If you've never seen bluegrass before, you got to come to Kentucky. But Is it actually blue? Yeah. Different shades of blue. Dark blue. Light blue. It's really pretty. Wow. Okay. Is that why Kentucky Wildcats are blue? Yeah. The, yeah. The origin story behind it's pretty crazy. But Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. The cats just ate the bluegrass and just their skin turned blue. Better than the pokes. <laughs> Don't hate. I don't get that. Don't yeah, I, no, the Pokes won won their game the other day, their bowl game. We did. You said yep. the Pokes. I thought you said the Popes. And I was like, I don't think the Pope skin is blue. Uh, that's kind of weird. Uh, but here to talk about all things Pokes, Austin Ivan. Austin, how the heck are you? I'm good. Just got back from Houston. Was there for a week for Christmas and for Oklahoma State's bowl game. So... We got a win, and we're back in Dallas now. Well, right on. Right yeah. on. Um, hope both of you and hope everyone is watching on Mavs' YouTube channel or listening on Spotify or iTunes or whatever had a great holiday season. Uh, New Year's Eve, of course, is coming up this weekend. Um, thank you for ringing in uh, the new year by listening to this podcast. If you start this podcast at 11.15 p.m., you'll reach midnight as I'm doing a very long sign-off. So... <laughs> Uh, start off your 2024 right later in the show we will get into our biggest takeaways from 2023 as well as some of our new year's resolutions for the Mavs and for ourselves for 2024 feel free to share yours in the comment section but first I want to say that this is kind of a unique opportunity for us because this is I think the first show we've done all season where there isn't a game that night so like this this episode will have at least a little bit of a shelf life unfortunately though we're recording on the heels of back-to-back losses. So we, uh, the Mavs have taken two L's in the last two days, um, both kind of you know frustrating in their own way. So I guess let's start off. Um, Isaac, what went wrong against the Cavs? And then we'll dive into, uh, into that Wolves game. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Cavs one for me was more frustrating because, you know, the Minnesota game, you don't want to do the schedule loss thing, but no Luca, no Kyrie. You're playing against the best team, you know, in the league, arguably best record in the Western Conference. Um, one of the best defenses, second night of back to back. Not only that, but they played at home the night before, then flew to Minnesota. So anyway, it was a little frustrating, but not as frustrating as the Cavs game because they have that monster first quarter. Luca puts up 20 in the first quarter. That's coming off of the Christmas Day performance, which I wish we could just like do our whole show and in, in that type of vibe uh because that was just a, such a fun night but you know it, that second half i mean that that's that's the thing for the cleveland game that was so frustrating it was the second half the fourth quarter uh execution there in the fourth quarter and you really can't use the hey we were missing guys uh argument because they were missing mitchell garland evan mobley too so i mean arguably the three best players so it was tough. They got obliterated on the on the boards. You give up that many offensive rebounds specifically, uh, it's going to be tough for you. So that second half was frustrating. The fourth quarter was really frustrating. I think they finished with, what, 20 or 21 points in that corner, that quarter. So, yeah, it was a tough one. To, it's like, are we really going to lose this game? And we did. It's tough. Yeah, Austin, the Mavs gave up 18 offensive rebounds, and they shot only 10 of 37 from three. Uh, it is very, very tough to win games whenever you're not making the open jumpers at one end and then you keep giving your opponents more bites at the apple at the other end. Yeah, for sure. I didn't see that first half of the first game of the back to back OSU was playing. But yeah, like you said, if you're not knocking priorities, wow. <laughs> I know I'm sorry. Football season is now over, so I can't make any <laughs> more like football excuses that I wasn't watching the Mavericks. But um yeah, if you're not knocking down shots and then you're giving your opponent multiple second and third chance opportunities, it's going to be a hard 
um, way to win a game when you're not doing that. So beyond yeah, the last game last night, um, they, I, I thought they had energy. They didn't win, but there was some bright spots. The bench was playing um, well. Dwight, you know, came off and he got offensive rebounds. You guys were talking about, you know, Cavs doing that. Dwight had seven, I think. So he was doing that. Tim Hardaway Jr. was knocking down shots. So there were some bright spots and energy, even though they didn't win either of those games. Yeah, so here's one more note on that Cavs game real quick before we uh, talk a little bit more about last night's game. So Cleveland, uh, again, 18 offensive rebounds in that game. This season, the Mavs are 5-10 and 10 when their opponents get at least 12 offensive rebounds. Uh, we know that Dallas, you know, defensively uh, is always a work in progress. You know, the offense is is kind of been figured out by now. You got that Luka guy, you're going to be pretty good. But if you give your opponent multiple shots, hey, it's really hard to get multiple stops. And how often does a guy get an offensive rebound and either gets fouled on the putback layup, which they usually make, so that's a three-point play, or they get it, slap it out to an open guy, bang, that's another open three. Um, so that's pretty tough and deflating. And then this season... The Mavs are 11-4 and four, uh, when the opponent shoots below 35% from three. So Dallas is you know, virtually unbeatable when the opponent shoots it well. I know we often say, okay, you live by the three, you die by the three, as almost like a pejorative toward the Mavs offense, but it's that way for opponents too. Um, Dallas is 11-4 and four when the opponent shoots below 35% from three, and you can do the math on what happens when they shoot better than that from three. And all season long, the Mavs have only lost one game when the opponents shoot worse than them from three. So when Dallas outshoots the opponent, uh, no matter how well or how poorly the opponent shoots, when Dallas shoots better than them from three, uh, they've only lost one time this season. And when they've shot worse, they've lost a lot of times. So there you go. So now going to uh, the game against the Wolves, and we saw a lot of this uh, against the Cavs as well, but this definitely came into play in a big way against the Wolves just due to the guys that were out. Um, the Mavs have been playing a lot more small ball lately um which you know coming on the heels of a game where they gave up 18 offensive rebounds you can kind of tell that they've been playing a lot more small ball but they made a shift to the starting lineup so Dante Exum has been playing great lately Jason Kidd said hey he's staying in the lineup even once Kyrie Irving gets back um we were kind of wondering okay does that mean it's Derek Jones Jr. or Grant Williams going to the bench it means it is Grant Grant Williams going to the bench and he's been coming off the bench as kind of like this four sometimes five um, they've gone to lineups where it's like Grant at the five with Jones at the four and then Luca and like Hardy and Seth or Exum and, and Tim or something where they're playing very small. Now it's, it's been to mixed results, uh, against the Wolves. Grant, for example, was minus 30 in 30 minutes. Uh, the Mavs made one big run, uh, at, at one point in the game and, and Grant was on the bench for that. And then otherwise, uh, you know, they were kind of getting outplayed in those small ball lineups, but I do think that it has some potency and it also uh, had some pretty good results in some of their other games earlier this season. So just generally speaking, um, Austin, what have you seen from when the Mavs go small and do you think that it's something that they should be sticking with? Um, or do you, do you prefer having that, you know, whether it's lively or Dwight or Holmes or whatever, that, that true natural five on the floor. I think it works in spurts, but I think it's hard to maintain for a long period of time when you come in and you have that small ball lineup you can, you know, be quick on defense, get to rotations, double team, blitz, you know, pick and rolls. So it works if you're all, you know, working together, but it is a chance to give up easy paint points um, and offensive rebounds if you're not blocking out being smaller. But in certain times, if you're getting stops, you can get out and transition, play with that pace that you want to play. And then on offense, you have to knock down more shots if you're playing with smaller guys because more than likely you're going to be shooting more threes so it's you know there's there's some risk to it but we've seen it can work in spurts um but i do like dante axum starting and playing so i think you definitely like kid said we need to find a way to keep him starting and keep him in the game because he's been a really really bright spot so i think just pick and choose your times i wouldn't you know want to transition to that being you know the bones of what the Mavericks are going to do for the rest of the season. Um, because I think at times you do have to, you know, play bigger and, and match up to your opponents, but in spurts, I like the small ball. Isaac, I'm glad that Austin mentioned boxing out because uh, there wasn't a whole lot of that happening against the Cavs. It was, it was a little, uh, a little 
distressing. Um, but Grant probably pound for pound is your best box out guy on the team. However, whenever he's boxing out like a jumbo man, it's tough for him to out jump that guy as well. So what is kind of the, what is the solution to that? Is, is that a viable lineup? Well, I think it is. Yeah. It's, it depends on the matchup. It's all about having the card in your hand to be able to play at the right time. And you got to have that versatility. You got to have that card to be able to play in the playoffs or whenever, um, you know, the, you know, Austin's talking about hitting threes. That's the thing. It's like if you're going small, you theoretically should be shooting a ton more three. I mean, they only shot 33 threes against Minnesota. It's like I'd love to see that number like 45 uh, whenever whenever you're going to go small. But, you know, Dwight played 30 minutes. Lively only played 15. Uh, he had some fouls and stuff in, in that Minnesota game. But but still, it's like that's one of – it's not just the being able to switch and do all this stuff on defense whenever you go small and be able to pick up the pace. It's – all right, well, if you go small, then you should have five players on the floor, you know, at all times that can hit a three. So you should be launching three-pointers. And especially in a game that you don't have Luka, you don't have Kyrie, your kind of recipe for success is probably going to be hitting a ton of threes, or at least the makeup of this team points to, to that. So they hit, what, 14 threes in that Minnesota game. Uh, they probably needed to take a little bit more. And But also to Grant's thing, Grant's been struggling. I mean, it's there's no way around that, um, you know, switching to the bench but even for before that you know you see it is a minus 30 in that minnesota game even the game coming off the bench and you know the cleveland one uh didn't have the best two games there so he's kind of in a in a funk right now but i think i mean he'll figure it out and i'm, I'm not worried about his three-point shooting he, he just gives you versatility on defense to be able to go in that small ball five yeah tough couple games for lively too going up against uh yeah. gobert and jared allen that's two of I mean, two of the premier, maybe uh, probably not the two best, but maybe the two best um, traditional bigs, like these big jumbo, strong, tall, long guys that are going to relentlessly attack the glass on offense and defense that are going to block shots and everything. So tough for him to kind of get his game off against those guys. And he struggled with foul trouble in both of those games, too. But I think he'll bounce back. There also is kind of a rookie wall thing, um, which I'm not sure that this is what that is, um, but we'll see. Um, okay. Do you guys like quickly uh, before we move on to Josh Green? Do you, do y'all like Emmanuel quickly in the starting lineup, or do you think that um, you know is that like a temporary thing or is that a permanent thing? Austin, you said Dante. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I think he you know provides a spark. He's a ball handler. He can drive. He can shoot. He's he's you know been a really big energy guy. So I like him in the starting lineup. Um, I think it takes some of the, especially now with the past few games with Kyrie out. Um, but even with him, I think they play well together, but I also think that having him with that second unit is good too. So, I mean, you don't, you don't want to take minutes away from a guy who's been playing really well and he has. So I think he deserves to stay in the starting lineup just because of what he's been producing so far. I was looking up, uh, I was looking up last night, some, kind of combo two-man uh, lineups for the Mavs this season. Just some numbers on them. Uh, reminder, they don't tell everything, but just looking at some net rating stuff, offense rating stuff. Uh, by comparison, Luka and Grant Williams, they've they've played – this is before the Minnesota game. They've played 661 minutes together. Um, so that's a ton of minutes. That's the most two-man combo for the Mavs this year. And so I was going down through there. I was like, all right, let's just say put the like qualifier, like at least 300 minutes together. And there's roughly around 10 to 12, um, you know, combos in that. The only combo in that that has a, a, a net rating of over 10 is Luka Doncic and Dante Exum at a plus 11. Uh, the next highest one is Tim and Dante Exum. Shout out to the uh common denominator there but even like the offensive rating with Dante Exum and Luke on the floor together 120 defensive rating with them two on the floor together 108 so there's something about that combo that's working and they got to keep it going and he fits you know alongside Kyrie also so them three together I think we we talked about a little bit on Wednesday in our in the live stream but having the conversation around Josh and why Josh should start at the beginning of the year is exactly why Dante Exum should be in the lineup right now is, you know, at the beginning of the year, it's like, who's going to be that fifth starter. And it's like, well, somebody has to be the point of attack, attack defender, uh, you know, in the starting lineup. And that was Josh's role. Now Dante has kind of stepped into that role. Josh has had some injuries up and down years so far. 
Dante has excelled in this role. He can guard the other, you know, the other point guards, and he's you know playing really well on offense. He can also create you know some on offense too, run the pick and roll and all that. So I love what he's bringing. I think he has to stay in the starting lineup. So tying back uh, that back to Josh Green, he came back against Cleveland. Two points, five assists, two steals. Now, not to be outdone, the master of consistency, he also had two points and five assists against the Wolves. Surprisingly, with as many turnovers as there were in that game that the Wolves committed, Josh did not have any steals in that game. But um, five assists from a wing, hey, that's not bad. You'd like to see him score maybe a little more, of course. But uh, what were y'all's impressions? Isaac, let's start with you. What were your impressions of, um, uh, of, of Josh's return so far? Yeah, I mean, a little, little rusty, you know, especially in that Cleveland game. He's not playing a ton of minutes. I think once he gets back in the groove, he's probably going to take the – and everybody's healthy. He's probably going to take those hardy Seth Curry minutes. But, yeah, it's just going to take a little bit of time. He's been out for a bit, you know, with that injury. So um, – and then finding that kind of new role, you know, a little bit. Tim, Tim is more experienced of going back and forth into different roles. He's done this before. He's been doing this. Josh isn't, you know, he's been in the league for a little bit, but he's going to have to adjust now to kind of a different type of role coming off the bench. Yeah, uh, nothing to get too high or too low on in these first two games back for him. You would like to see him score more, but when you're not able to get it into the basket somehow, he's finding other ways to help the team with those assists. Like you said, five in both games. So he's getting other people involved. He's still contributing on offense in different ways, but you would like to see the scoring go up and like Isaac said, a little rusty, but you know, after a few games back, I think those will start to get back up to what we saw before he was injured. Austin, I have a question now. I don't, I'm not very familiar with your injury history as a, as a former basketball player, but Josh did have, it was a right elbow. I think is what it was, or was his left elbow? I think it was right elbow, right? Was the injury? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a shooting arm. And so I don't really know like what the extent of that injury is or what limitations he was facing, but like, I'm assuming he probably wasn't able to shoot for a while. So does it take – he missed about a month with the injury. Um, is it like a – how difficult is it to rediscover your jump shot after probably not shooting for at least like three weeks? Is it like you got to start back from square one or does it eventually come back to you? Yeah, I mean, you're starting out just like shooting, you know, around the hoop, like small, short jumpers, just trying to get like your rhythm, your shot, everything back in a groove. And then you eventually, you know, step back and, you know, get faster and quicker and you're doing – more live workouts and doing it with defense in front of you. It definitely takes time. Like it's not um, a foot injury where you can shoot and you can still have your form go down time and time again with an arm. You can't really shoot when you're injured. So it definitely takes some time to get back into that rhythm. And then adding in the element of playing in a live NBA game, it's going to take some time, but um, it he'll get there. I mean, he's shot it enough in his life it's not going to take him forever to rediscover his shot he has that it just takes some time to get back into a groove yeah the one thing that i like about having uh having josh back out there is that you know much like dante um and isaac you kind of already made this comparison just now but much like dante they're both like very good connectors um and Derek jones also this is something that isaac you and i talked about on the stream on wednesday on the mavs youtube channel um you get three guys like that and Tim as well, you know, so really four players that you can kind of mix and match on the floor that can get these kickout passes from Luca or Kyrie or whoever, and then put the ball on the floor, go to the basket and make something happen. Uh, in Derek Jones's case, he's very good at going to the basket and using his extraordinary vertical leap to just finish over guys, especially smaller guys, Josh and Dante, you know, Dante has become a very good finisher, but um, both of those guys can put the ball on the floor, get to the basket and look to make another pass. So the offense doesn't really stall. There's like still always this motion and this momentum going toward the basket and there's energy and attacks from all the different angles. So um, that has been nice to see. But yeah, I think that that jump shot will, it might, it might take a little bit of time for it to come back, um, but hopefully, you know, hopefully it won't take very long. Um, okay. Especially because he's kind of like, he's kind of like reworked his jump shot too. So it's not, it's not like a Steph Curry who's had the same, you know, jump shot forever or even, you know, like a Lucas who's, who's shot the ball. Like Josh has put a lot of work into changing up that shot. So I would assume it's going to take a little bit more time for him. Hopefully only a couple of days. The Mavs play the Warriors tomorrow. Maybe Josh goes out and hits five threes. We'll, we'll have to, we'll have to tune in to find out that game starts at nine 30. Trying to be a company man. 
uh, and give you the promotion. Ah, yeah, 7.30 p.m. Central Time. How about that? Let's go. Let's go. It's the best news I've heard all day. Uh, Is it a national TV game? I don't believe so, man. I don't think so. Yeah, no, don't the Cowboys play tomorrow? Oh, yeah, Saturday, yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah. It's, uh, oh, uh, I'm also told to mention all-star voting. So if you go to Mavs.com slash all-star, you can vote your Mavs to the all-star game, which is in February in Indianapolis. That's where it is. So you can vote for Luca. You can vote for Kyrie. Hey, maybe you can vote for Josh Green, Dante Exum, Tim Hardaway Jr. You can vote for Grant Williams, Derek Jones Jr., Derek Lively is second. You can vote all, all of your maps into you the All-Star game. Him. He left yeah, you can vote for, yeah, Tim, you can vote for uh, Rashawn Holmes. You can vote for Markeith Morris. You can vote for Jaden Hardy. You can vote for Seth Curry. You can vote for Dwight Powell. You can vote for Maxi. Brandon uh, Williams. Can you vote for two-way players? <laughs> I don't know. But you're Try just it. Everybody. The worst thing that can happen is that your vote doesn't get counted. You know, so just go do it. Mavs.com/slash/allstar. Um, all right. So it's the end of the year. Feeling pretty sentimental. Mavs are going to play their final game of 2023 on Saturday night in San Francisco against the Warriors. Now, as uh, as one year ends and another begins, you know, it is a a, a good time to look back and a equally good time to look forward. That's the whole point of it. Now, we all agree here, time is a construct. Um, None of this is really all that, you know, there's nothing significant about turning the page. You know, it's all the same thing. But that said, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened around here within the last 365 days. Going back to the beginning of last, uh, to beginning of 2023, Kyrie Irving was traded to the Mavs in February. Over the summer, they got Derek Lively and Omax Prosper. Um, there was just a the sale of the team. Uh, Luca was just sensational throughout the the calendar year. So um, this time of year, looking back before we look forward, Austin, what is the main Mavs takeaway? What's your memory of this year? What's the your lasting Mavs memory of 2023 before we turn the page to 2024? I mean, there are a lot of good things you mentioned them, but it's hard not to just immediately think about Luca and what he's done. Um, in his sixth year now, I think it's been the best season so far of his career, starting with this offseason, just the commitment to getting in shape, being in the best shape of his career um, comes in and has been, you know, just elite on another level this season, um, especially in these last month or so with Kyrie out playing more minutes than ever, showing that, you know, he's in the best shape. He's playing almost 40 minutes a game. Um, so that's just the biggest takeaway for me. He's really, you know, stepped his game up and t- taken it to another level um, for him already being so elite, uh, all-star player, but he's really elevated it even more. Um, so yeah, that's my biggest takeaway is what Luca can do. It kind of just blows your mind, you know, the 50 point games, and the fastest active player to reach 10,000 points. I mean, it's just one thing after another that he's doing. So, I mean, there's just so many things with Luca you can think of, but that's the first guy um, that I think of thinking about this 2023 year. Do you think he's going to be better in 2024? Is that even possible? I mean, if he keeps wearing the headband, I absolutely think so. And I said last episode, I was like, I think the headband should only be like a certain time thing and like not be like an every game thing, but I completely changed my stance on that. Like he's mm-hmm. been solid with the headband. So let's, let's keep going with it. He proved you wrong. He did, but he keeps saying it's not the headband. It's not the headband. So we can't give the headband too much hype because I know he, he doesn't he doesn't want that. But yeah, I say keep going with the headband, and he'll be even better. Oh, there we go. That? Forty points per game that? coming up that? in twenty twenty four. Yeah. Um, what about you? Are you upset that the mustache is gone? Yeah, I mean, I did like the mustache, but well, it's a good trade off for the headband, I guess. I think that he, it, it was a shame that he never went full stash. You know, he always left like a bit of a beard, a bit of a five o'clock shadow. You got to go for it. If you're going to yeah. do it, do it. You know, 100, yeah. like 100% commit to it. So, yeah, commit to the bit. Um, but yeah, he's Luca's probably going to be your December player of the month. Um, and if the season ended today, you know, certainly all NBA first team and maybe even your MVP. So, not a bad 2023 from Mr. Doncic. Yep. Isaac, so for, what about you, man? 
Yeah, for me in 2023, I think it's a it's a year that I'll look on for the Mavs as like, hey, nothing's for certain. Like that surprises are gonna happen. And you know, there's just a a handful of them for me. Like you you look at like the draft. Well, I mean, really you go back to the spring and say, dude, they traded for Kyrie Irving. I mean, when was the last time they traded for somebody of that? I mean, they traded for you know Porzingis, but like Kyrie Irving's even a a step above that as far as popularity. And to have somebody like a Kyrie Irving on our team that, you know, so many players are on the league glove and just that type of popular athlete alongside, you know, Luca. Then you look at the draft and this is where I was proven wrong. Of I liked Lively as a player, but I knew the Mavs wanted to be a really good team this year and be a playoff team and a win now team and all of that. So I was kind of like off of him on the, in the draft for, Dallas, you know, draft him in the lottery because you look at all what all the history says about rookie bigs coming into the NBA and their rookie season. It's either they're like they're good, but they're good on like bad teams or they kind of struggle and all of this stuff. And it's like it's just the history wasn't there to back it up that you're going to be a really good team and be a playoff team, but also have a rookie starting center. I was proven wrong on that. That I mean, it's a it's a it, now we're not in the playoffs yet, but it you know it's they're a good team right now. You keep on going into the season. Luka Doncic, if you, I mean, I was like, dude, the pace is never going to change with Luka. Like, Luka loves playing slow. He loves being a quarterback. He's just going to do his thing. They picked up the pace. I've seen Luka play at a faster pace. That surprised me. That didn't, like, I didn't see that coming. And then, you know, you referenced it a little bit ago, Mark Cuban selling the team. So, like, I mean, for as long as, I, you know, I've known the Mavs, you know, since a, you know, a super young age, um, you know, I, I guess what was I when he bought the Mavs? I was a young lad in, in the day when when Mark bought the team. But it's you know, there's just so many big things or so many things that happened this year that kind of challenge. Like if you think something's in place, then man, you're gonna you can be surprised, you can be shocked, and you can you know be proven wrong on stuff. So I think that's how I will I will look at 2023 as some big surprising things that happen. Yeah, I think the the thread that ties both of your answers together is just there was a lot of change, you know, over the last, let's say, three or four years. Sure, like Nico Harrison comes in, Jason Kidd comes in, and there have been some, you know, changes on the roster, but it's a, been a lot of the same guys, you know, and I know that um, fans can at times be like, okay, you know, if this team has gone to the playoffs and they've lost in the first round a couple times and then you go on one run, but then you lose some of the players from that team. It's kind of like, all right, we gotta we gotta get some new blood in here, you know. Um, there are a lot of new players contributing to the Mavs in big ways. I mean, they're just their their eight man rotation they're using right now are all almost all guys that were not here one year ago today. You know, Luca is pretty much the only one. Like Kyrie, new. Dante Exum, new. Derek Jones, Grant Williams, Derek Lively, all new. They're just there's a lot of newness, and then Austin. Luca is like a new guy, you know, he's like a totally new player um, because of his appearance, you know, his fashion accessories uh, and his output. I mean, they're just a, a completely new team playing a new style with new players. And so, you know, and now there's a there's a new ownership group and Mark Cuban has gone on record to say, like, look, you know, they said do what it takes to win. And so I'm going to try and do that. And, uh, you know, we'll see what kind of fruit that bears in 2024 moving forward. But, yeah, I mean, this was a a big year of change for a franchise that, you know, for much of the last half decade or so has been pretty much the same as is kind of preferred the status quo. So, you know, change is a little scary, but change is also very exciting. Um, so looking ahead to 2024, um, Isaac, what is your, what is your 2024 new year's resolution for the maps? What are you looking uh, to get out of them? What do, what do you hope they change? What is kind of your, your, your top goal for them for 2024? Yeah, I, I think it's find the best version of Kyrie Irving alongside Luka Doncic. You make that type of investment and in bringing in a second star uh, alongside Luka, then you re-sign him to a contract like that and to somebody that that talent and skill, then you got to find the best version of Kyrie alongside Luka. As fun as Christmas was, Christmas was such a fun game in Phoenix and Luka putting up 50 and the Mavs winning and we're all hyped and talking trash and having fun with it that's not sustainable. Like we watched, I mean, it felt like an, an entire game of the Mavericks coming on the floor 
and Luca just it felt like a pickup game. Luca going over and getting super close to the guy, and them just like giving the ball to him. And Luca's like, "All right, let me like orchestrate everything." And that's fun. That's great when you can have that in your back pocket, a card to play in the game seven of a playoff series. But that can't like we're talking the regular season, and that's happening right now. So they have to find the best version of Kyrie Irving alongside Luca. They've only played three hundred and. 30, 344 minutes together this season. Now, there's a positive net rating in that. They have a great offensive rating when those two are on the floor together. But for the sustainability of Luka long-term and for the best version of this team, 2024 should be a year that they look at and say, that's the year that we really found the most efficient version of Kyrie Irving alongside Luka, and we made that duo work at the highest level it could be. Yeah, they have a positive net rating whenever they're on the floor together. And most importantly, the Mavs have a positive net rating whenever it's only one of Luka or Kyrie on the floor as well. So the supporting cast is there. But yeah, I mean, you need your two alphas to, you know, really, really, truly figure it out and form something special. And so hopefully they can. Um, Austin, what about you? Yeah, I mean, you could say, you know, specific things for each player that you want to see, you know, improve on or work or tweak. But just as a whole for the team, I think, just the continued commitment to focusing on defense is what I want to see. Um, Luca has, you know, talked about his defense the past couple games. He's, you know, saying he thinks he should be um, the second team all defense. But if he's bought in like that, then the rest of the team is going to be bought in like that. And I think that's what you have to have in 2024. It is popular. <laughs> Sorry. Super you- popular. <laughs> yeah, big time. Okay. Extremely popular. Yeah, I don't know what just happened. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Defense is the is what I think, you know, 2024. Focus on that. Continue to be committed to that. You hear defense wins championships. A little cliche, but if the te- if the Mavericks want to be a team that makes the playoffs, has a deep playoff run, you have to play solid defense. And it starts with Luca, and he's talked about how he is focused on that and committed to it. And I think that lets the rest of the team be bought in and they'll focus on it as well. Yeah, you know, unfortunately in that Cavs game, the Mavs did not come up with enough stops in the fourth quarter as they tried to make a, you know, they they turned a lead into a deficit. They tried to come back from it. But one of the stops they did get, Luca blocked a shot. Like whenever, and, and he has come up with a lot of big defensive plays, especially in second halves this season. And so, you know, we heard, uh, I think it might have been Dorian say it or maybe Reggie Bullock said it or someone did. I forget who in the 2022 series against the Suns, Luca dives on the floor like the first or second possession of the game. and gets a loose ball. And we hear one of the Mavs say, whenever you see him do it, like, you know that you need to do it, too. And so you're absolutely right. I mean, it starts with Luca. whenever he's dialed in like that. How could you as somebody else on the team not like turn it up to 11 right along with him? You know, yeah. um, so I, I miss I the bang bros. Okay. You think Luca's part of the Bang Bros now? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Kind of like how Goldberg became the the next one in uh, in the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, uh, came became the third Bash brother. Now, Austin, do you always leave your ringtone on? Are you a are you a ringtone person? <laughs> no, I don't. It was the ringing from my computer. Like my silence, my phone is on silent, but it like came through through my computer, and I don't know how to really? silence that without just silencing me talking as well okay now i don't want to slander a specific phone brand or anything but uh (laughs) it is kind of weird that whenever you have your phone on silent your your device still makes noise kind of defeats the purpose of silence i think i'm just like not a tech savvy person but i'm pretty sure apple products can do that i just haven't figured out how to do it i wasn't alleging that you said it not (laughs) me all right you said it not me you um, how about personally, about y'all? Let's let's peel the curtain back a little bit. Um, now, like I said before, you know, it's just a symbolic thing, the new year, but it means a lot to a lot of people. Um, and you know, I would say that the journey of self-improvement is never ending, but it is a really good time to just like say, hey, you know what, this upcoming year, I, I really want to do this, I really want to do that, I want to change, I want to grow, I want to evolve, I want to continue developing, I want to figure out my ringtones. Uh so <laughs> What Austin, uh, what are what are you hoping to achieve? What are your resolutions for yourself or for you know for your life in 2024? Yeah, figuring out how to silence my computer phone is definitely. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, no, I think the biggest, I really have never been a new year's resolution person. Um, so I was like, I don't really know like what that is or what people say for that, but, um, just something that I, I want to work on or focus on, I think is, um, focusing on quality over quantity, um, in like all aspects. So like with work related stuff, with friendships, just with everything, like don't try to spread yourself thin is sometimes like what I do. But if you just like, you know, pick the things that matter most and focus on those. Um, I think that's like the first thing that I want to work on in 2024. Um, other things like less social media, probably just not as much screen time. Like that's nothing of quality. It doesn't add as much to your life. So focus on journaling or friendships or just other things besides just being on social media. And then just like a fun thing, like maybe visit three places that I've never been before. And I don't have those three places that I can name. So if y'all have any suggestions of three fun places, unique, different places to visit, that's like, I guess, like more of a bucket list thing for 2024. Louisville, I- Texas. Um, I think I've been there. Ah, well, I'm sure there's a place in Louisville that you haven't Kentucky. been Kentucky. I've been to Kentucky. I'm from Tennessee, so I've been to Kentucky. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. nice. Um, I think that's great. So uh, 2023 for, for me was the year where I deleted my Twitter account. Um, I had that thing built up to whatever, almost 25K or something. Um, I'd had it since I was a junior or a senior in high school. Uh, it was something that was a big part of my life, obviously. Um, I have probably, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a really good chance that you've interacted with me on the internet before, um, uh, speci- specifically on that website. Uh, it just became a little too much for me. There was a little too much negativity. I was spending way too much time on it. I was taking, um, really taking things personally that people would say to me or about me or whatever. And it just wasn't, it wasn't scratching that itch anymore. It was only, you know, making things bad. And I know a lot of people, um, have said the same thing about Instagram, you know, especially like younger people, um, you know, who whatever might experience some cyberbullying on there or whatever. There is that psychological thing of like you see other people portray themselves as like these happy, super successful, super awesome people living this great life, and then it has this negative toll on you. Um, that stuff is real, man. So I'm 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 very happy that you're uh, you're considering. You know, I don't know. Are you, are you going to like leave those platforms? You're just going to dial it back a little bit. Yeah. I don't think I'm like there yet to fully commit and just like delete them all. But yeah, definitely like put more limits on the screen time and, and not just be mindlessly on there as much. Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. I, I hope you're, uh, I hope that is a successful endeavor. Yeah. Isaac, what about you? Oh, well, we're getting, uh, we're getting a message here. Um, so Isaac, in the private chat said that he deleted his MySpace in 2004. Um, do you care to elaborate on that? Or was I not supposed to bring that up? That's a, that's I mean, a- I just feel like y'all were like flexing really hard. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> I deleted my Twitter and cats. Like I deleted my Instagram and you know, let's try to think of something I deleted and like, I don't know. I, guess I did I delete, delete my, my Zanga. Thankfully you cannot find my Zanga. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> world is a better place for not knowing. I love Austin's talking about screen, Austin's talking about screen time. The only time I talk about screen time is with my like kids. And it's like, all right, you only have so much like screen time. And Austin's like, I kind of limit it. I only <laughs> have so many, so much screen time. Yeah. Hey, um, you know, and I, this is something that I've I've learned from uh, Skin actually. Skin, the great, the great Jeff Skin Wade says to me all the time, like, you know, and he does it talking about his kids, but like it, it obviously carries over to to me and to you know everybody else is like he has he has two kids one of them uh he has a son who's younger and he has a daughter who's who's older than the son um now he'll say like okay his kid aged like three years went from like 11 to 14 and at 14 the son thinks he like he's got it all figured out and then skin is like how much more do you think you know now than when you were 11 and he's like oh a lot more and he's like and you don't think you're gonna keep learning more between 14 and 17 it's like i look back at my own life and think like yeah i'm 32 now how much more do i know than when i was 27 it's unbelievable like there's i know so much more about life five years you know in the last five years 
imagine how much more I'm going to know when I'm 37. So Isaac, you can talk about screen time with your kids, but don't think for a second that it doesn't affect you the same exact way it affects them. Because we are all, we are all the same. We're all super impressionable. I get that weekly screen time report on my phone. On Apple products, you do. Samsung, <laughs> you probably don't, but tough. Um, no, I, I mean, gosh, you, you put that in the notes and I honestly hadn't started thinking about it yet. And I am actually a resolutions person. I like uh, some years I do words. Um, I'm that kind of cliche person. Um, like, like words to in your vocabulary or what do you mean? Mm. Uh, like a word for the year type. Oh, thing. OK. Um, so like, I don't know, like a few years ago, my word for the year was like prune. And so like I really looked at stuff uh, throughout the year to like. Hey, what, what I need to prune, what I need to uh, cut off from, you know, from life. And oh my goodness. I'm sorry. I, I just got to like turn my phone off or something. This podcast so is really ruining the podcast this week. Like yeah. at the top, there's a do not disturb. It's on. Moon. My phone is literally on sleep mode right now. Like, I don't know what, like it's, it's black. Like it's sleep mode. Like I don't know what to do. Um, but no, I mean, I, I guess, you know, I think the best thing I landed on was um, to choose myself more in, in this year. Uh, you know, I, I'm in, I wear a lot of different hats and a lot of different things. And, you know, we, we were joking on the live stream on Wednesday. Somebody asked about um, Luca and Exum. And once you have kids, you get this like superpower, you know, or whatever it was, like strength and all that. And, and I was talking about it does actually like change, you know, when, you do have kids you like walk out and there's this like i don't want to say pressure but there's this like you're providing and keeping other two other human beings alive so um you know so a lot of for many you know a lot of years now i've worked multiple jobs and just involved in a bunch of different stuff and i just gotta i gotta choose myself uh, a little bit more um this year and focus on some uh some health stuff both you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, um, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, so it, that's really hard because it seems for me, because it seems really like selfish. Cause I, I just want to like, Hey, go to work. I do this because I want to provide for my family. And that's true. But when you do that for so long, you kind of like, you don't maintain stuff for yourself. And then you're at the end of it and you're like, all right, you got to choose yourself a little bit more into things so you can be there and do things uh, for the people you care about the most. So yeah, not to get dude, off. That's, a, that's, weird a, that's a noble goal, man. That is a noble goal. And that's part of the reason why you're uh, working with us now too. You know, um, having a little more time, having a little more flexibility, spend more time with your family whenever you need it. And to be able to, you know, uh, cause you're absolutely right. that You got to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people, you know? Um, yeah. That's a big thing that I learned in 2023. Um, so uh, for me, I got a couple I got a couple goals for y'all. How about that? I got a few resolutions. So one is professional. Um, believe it or not, well, not believe it or not, if you've listened to this podcast or ever seen me do anything, you know, I got some vocal tics, man. I'm a big uh guy. I say like a lot. You know, I say, you know a lot. Those are bad. I need to work on cutting those out. I got to I got to smooth out my talking. Um and the, <laughs> um and here's something that's maybe, you know, a little relatable uh to people. Growing up, I had a big stutter, like a major major stutter. And I my parents took me to like a speech whatever therapist, speech therapist is that or a specialist or something to try and work on it and a lot of this stuff was before I could even have memories. Like I was four or five years old or something. So I don't remember hardly any of it, but you know, throughout my life, I'll go to talk and I'll just kind of like, almost like choke on the word or something. Um, and that really comes to the fore either after a few drinks, um, or if I'm nervous or like anxious, I can feel like my throat constrict and I can feel, you know, and so a big thing for me is like breathing, confidence, slowing down and really concentrating on the things I'm going to say. But whenever I lose focus on the things I'm going to say, I'm either stuttering or I'm using a lot of those those vocal crutches, the ticks, you know, the likes, the ums, the butts, the so's, things like that. So I got to I got to cut those out. I got to focus more on that. Uh, that's a big thing. 
uh, in my leisure time, I want to read more. Now, Austin, I know you're a big reader, so I expect you to provide me with a massive book list. Um, ooh, Isaac's showing off a, a, a book on screen, too. Okay, so we got two readers in the chat now. I know Kat's a big reader. I have been a big reader, but over the last uh, six, eight months, I've really kind of gone astray. Um, I, have, I have fallen from the light and, and descended into the shadow from books. So I got to get back on that horse. And then uh, also from a more personal standpoint, got to stop and smell the roses a little more. Got to try and uh, enjoy the, the little things a little more, be a little more optimistic. Um, and then also try and realize that not all conflict has to be confrontational. That's a big thing for me too. Um, so, hey, you're going to have disagreements. There's going to be some challenges. There's going to be some speed bumps, and you can either, you know, take it really personally and get really upset, or you can keep your wits about you and try and find the solution. So, um, how's your Colleen your... Hoover book going? What's that? How's your Colleen Hoover book going? Oh, I haven't even see. That's the thing. I haven't even started that book because I've been such a failure this year. <laughs> Yeah. I've been such a failure. So yeah, Cat is just disappointed in me in the private chat. Uh, you know, and what I, you know, without without giving away too much, uh I'm used to letting people down, you know. So I gotta I gotta get better about that too. So 2024 is gonna be a big year for all three of us. I feel like that may that might have gone a little too deep here. Uh, <laughs> but, uh I don't think it's ever a bad thing to talk about, you know. To talk about goals, to talk about our, to talk about ourselves, what we're trying to work on. Listen, I mean, if you're not a resolution, like if, like I see a lot of people take shots at like New Year's and resolutions and all this stuff, and it's like, well, won't you just go ahead and do them now? Well, you're not doing them right now. Like for me, it's like, yes, I'm not doing those right now, but I, but I want to. If it gives you an opportunity, or if it puts a door in front of you to be able to open it and at least think about those things and make you more aware of it then like use it like i don't know like that's that's my whole thing with it of yeah i mean i think we've all had resolutions that by february we're already like all right well that ain't happening but yeah and now we've said it live on a show so it's like october of next year and austin hasn't been to three places she's never been <laughs> then she's gonna be firing up some air mileage stuff yeah, and if if I haven't read Layla by the time uh, the maps start round one <laughs> of the playoffs, then y'all can humiliate me on camera. Well, maybe we'll be back in the studio by then too, so y'all can shake uh, me in person. Add Cat and I on Goodreads, and then you can like keep up, and that's like you can see what we're reading. So oh, that's like... a lot of peer pressure. Oh man. Oh, let's do this. Oh man. Ooh, we have a Studio Forty One Goodreads. Yeah, we can have Studio Forty One Book Club. Yeah, there we go. I'm in book club. Book club. Girl, book, you can club, join. Book, it's, all, book. it's an all girls book club, but you can join if if you want to. Oh, I mean, <laughs> you can't do this thing, but I mean, you can, I guess, if you want. What, uh, are you reading? Are, have y'all started reading the like Iron Flame stuff? Mm -hmm. That that new like fantasy. Anyway, <laughs> it's like you walk in Barnes and Noble, and it's like the the like huge setup my whole i feel like my whole instagram are girls sharing this like new fantasy series that people are just flipping out over but see i don't, I don't like series because i don't want to like cook like i if i start a series i'm going to read them all and if i don't like it i don't want to like keep doing it but i'm like too much of a person where you have to like finish a task once you start it so i'm like right. i just do one-off books because then i'm like i'll read it even if i don't like it but i'll finish it and series it's just but you got to be okay with stopping a book this is one of my big things of like I'm not. If, you, if you are halfway through a book and you hate it and it sucks you don't have to finish it go read something like your time's precious like go read something that you enjoy i've hate read too many things i'm like why did i just do this why did i finish this i just wasted time i'm too ocd i do that with tv shows i'll watch a whole show even if i hate it like i just like the whole series like even if i i that's why i just yeah I stop watching shows that I love. I just stop watching them. <laughs> I'm 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 like the worst TV watcher. Yeah, I'm very bad at watching series. Very bad. Bobby, 2024, you switch to Apple. Maybe in 2034. Um, okay, maybe. I'll add it to the list though. It's add something. it to next year's show, and then we'll we'll see if I've done it or not. Mark that. Ready. Mark that in the back. Um. 
Okay. Any other, any other, Matt, that was, that was fun. Thank y'all for sharing. And, and hopefully you out there, you know, um, if you are a resolutions person like Isaac, hopefully you can, uh, you can, you can formulate some and follow through. If you're more like me or Austin and you're not really a resolutions person. Well, Hey, again, like Isaac said, you know, the, the demarcation of time is a really good way to say like, yes, I'm going to make this change. Um, but one thing that I've learned about myself in 2023 is that you can always say to yourself, I'll, I'll do that tomorrow or I'll, soon. I'll change it soon. I know I will. I know. I, and then you just never do it. And then all of a sudden you're 32 years old and you're uh, paying the price for things that you should have changed years ago. So, you know, maybe it, maybe it is flipping the calendar that'll make you change it. Maybe, uh, maybe you'll figure out how to mute your laptop notifications in 2024. The only way to do it is to do it. So you just got to go do it. So Thank you all for sharing. And then hopefully uh, you out there, you know, hey, drop your resolutions in the chat below. Let's let's see what we got and let's let's hold each other accountable, because um, I know that y'all will hold us accountable for everything we do. So uh, we'll we'll hold you accountable too. Um, for Chopper and Cat in the back. Thank you very much uh, for uh, for y'all's help with the production of this show and everything. Um, Isaac and Austin, do either of you have anything to say before we sign off for uh, 2023? No, I'm, I I feel like my computer's gonna ding again. So you can you can wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. All right, all right, very we got, cool. We got well, another five minutes for you to do the rundown. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It's it's almost midnight. Uh, all right, uh, Isaac joining us all the way from Kentucky. Thank you, Austin. Coming all the way back to Dallas from Houston just to record this podcast. Wow, that is dedication. Appreciate both of y'all. Uh, for joining and again for Chopper and Cat, appreciate you and then thank you for watching or for listening wherever you are in the great wide world hope you had a wonderful um, holiday season and I hope that you stay safe and maybe have a good time or not but either way stay safe for sure on New Year's Eve and enjoy uh, that holiday as well and then let's start off this let's end 2023 with the Mavs win and start off 2024 with the Mavs win, but whether they win or lose or draw or anything else, forfeit or reschedule the game, we will be back with you no matter what next Friday, same time, same place on the corner three. See y'all later. Happy holidays. Happy new year. Peace.